This episode of Grow Getters is brought to you by the Grow Getters Growth Hacks newsletter. Subscribe at growgetterspodcast.com for your monthly fix of hands-on hacks for business babes. guys, you're listening to Grow Getters, the future skills podcast for smart women in business. Whether you're a driven career gal, serious side hustler, or a bona fide lady entrepreneur, we are here to help you grow. We will arm you with all the freshest tools, tips, and actionable hacks to make sure your business or career is future ready, neatly packaged up in our signature snack-sized weekly podcast. So today, you're chatting with Grow Getters hosts, as always, Tiffany Hart and Tanya Gama. Hello. So in today's episode, we'll be giving you a super snack-sized crash course on design thinking, a working method from the innovation world that is just now, or for a little while actually, beginning to hit the mainstream. So please bear in mind, design thinking is a massive topic. I mean, it actually comprises an entire course at Stanford University's D School. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to cover everything in 20 to 25 minutes today. But please do stay tuned when we launch a masterclass episode on design thinking in the months to come, where we will go even deeper together with a design thinking expert for you. But the great news today is that you'll come away with an understanding of what design thinking is, why it's great. Plus, we'll outline three mega simple design thinking hacks that you can implement starting right now. So first up, before we get stuck into it, Tiff, is there anything that you've read, watched or listened to that's inspired you this week? Great question, as as always. As always. (laughs) So actually, this week I've been putting my energy into financial friendly content. Um, As all of us, we are all trying to manage and optimize our finances. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's a a topic that's been going on for me for decades. Um, But I've been binging this new podcast called She's on the Money by Victoria Devine also mixed by the shameless girls um i've been reading a book called the barefoot investor by scott pape i know you've read the same yep and um i've been experimenting with an awesome tool which i i actually downloaded in 2012 and i just re-downloaded it again last last night and it's called ynab which is you need a budget oh it sounds cool it's yeah it's cool and basically what it helps you to do is it kind of helps you to allocate your money into the right pots um to look at you know your financial forecasting of you know how much you need for that you know if you want to go on this trip in six months time or whatever and one of the biggest things for me as you know both Tanya and I are based in Europe in Germany and so it's really important for me to one invest in things to to get to Australia every year to financially manage our life you know we've got a kid so it's a really important topic for me right now so I'm just trying to dive into friendly content around finances as you know I don't want to go into dry stuff so the book Barefoot Investor is awesome I think it's a second to none book it's it gives you some great super easy actionable tips for financial noobs like myself how good is Scott Pate he's awesome and um, it helps you to eliminate your debt, get rid of credit cards um, and find ways, smart ways to save and invest in the future. So one of the main takeaways, and it's super easy and there's so much more, but it's the 60-20-20 plan. So 60% um, is safety and it's all about living expenses. 20% is 
savings, so thinking ahead. So if that's your trip or into your home loan or whatever else, and then 20% is your splurge account. So things that make you smile. And I thought that was a great 60-20-20 plan and I'm going to action that Oh, awesome. Today. Yeah, one thing I loved, I read the book, I think, oh God, maybe actually five years ago, but I've actually left it in Australia. So next time I head down under, I'm going to have to grab it again and reread it. But one thing that really stuck in my mind from the Barefoot Investor was the focus on with the splurge stuff. Mm -hmm. He really believes in doing things that make you happy and mainly on experiences. Mm -hmm. And he's really averse to spending money on, you know, shit hot cars because as long as your car runs and gets you from A to B, Mm -hmm. it's one of the kind of silliest investments you can make. And that really has always just stuck with me. Like with my 20% splurge stuff, I want to focus on you know, the things that really make me happy, the things that make me grow rather than, you know, just fancy cars or fancy clothes, things that are really disposable and you get over very quickly. But um, no, great tip, Tiff. It's an awesome book. Yeah. If you haven't read it, we'll put it into the show notes. Cool. And I'm keen to download that app too, actually. Why not? That's cool. You need a budget. I need a budget. (laughs) So for me this week, um, well, I'll ask myself, what does oh, inspired yeah, sorry, me? What about you? <laughs> sorry. It's not all about no, you. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, this is just a really teeny tiny small thing um, I came across on LinkedIn. It was just a quote, you know, we all share quotes, whatever. This quote just stuck in my mind. I really, really, really liked it. And you've probably actually heard it. Um, but it's from the marketing guru, Simon Sinek. Um, he's the guy that we talked about in our Purpose episode where we talked about his golden circle and the quote from him reads working hard for something we don't care about is called stress working hard for something we love is called passion Mm -hmm. I mean how true is this it is so true and I think for us look we've started planning grow getters it started from a conversation in early 2019 just a simple conversation sparked this crazy idea and ever since that conversation we've just been putting so much work into planning researching learning how to record how to edit how to Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just been an absolute joy yeah it's been hard to juggle with our day-to-day work and with we're both mums as well um, but honestly, it's just been a pleasure and yeah. I'm so excited about this Me project. Too. <laughs> I hope you guys are too. Yeah. Anyway. Great. I like that. Nice quote. So let's get into design thinking. So what the heck is design thinking? You've probably heard about it in the boardroom from your colleagues or friends, or maybe this is the first time. I first heard about design thinking at um, a university innovation camp called Innovation ACT, and that was in 2000 and nine, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, the starting of all these different innovation methods. And we were basically taught how to use this design thinking method on how to figure out a problem or find um, a solution to a problem that we would like to solve. And so this was the time that, you know, there was a lot of different university competitions for innovation. Of course, there is heaps now, but at the time there was not so many. And so innovation ACT was a great foreground or great foundation for me to learn about this method. So when was the first time you heard about it? Oh, you sound like a super early adopter. For me, um, it was probably around 2013. Mm -hmm. I was working at a digital agency in Melbourne 
And I remember it, it was the first time I'd really understood what it was. Our UX team were actively implementing design thinking in their day-to-day work. And I was working as a strategist, so often working hand to, in hand with them. And that's when I really understood, wow, this is just such an awesome method. It's an awesome mindset, which we'll talk about um, in a moment. Mm-hmm. And now it really is hitting the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So that's why we want to prepare you guys with what it is and a few cool and quick hacks that you can get stuck and, into. And how to use it also in your, in your work. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So let's get stuck into it. So the formal definition from IDEO, who are credited together with Stanford University for pioneering design thinking as a business practice, they say design thinking is a human-centered approach to innovation that draws from the designer's toolkit to integrate the needs of people, the possibilities of technology, and the requirements for business success. So this seems pretty dry as a definition, and which will come up when we ask Google, basically. So to explain design thinking, let's break it down into the most important elements. So human-centered is central to what design thinking is all about. This means putting humans at the center of everything you do. It could be your customers, your clients, or even your employees. Um, It means solving real human problems and needs with empathetic solutions, ideas, and innovations. Innovation. So traditionally, design thinking has been employed as a practice to drive product design innovation. But don't let this term fool you. Innovation can also be, for example, a new or novel way to solve a problem, a better way of working or doing things, or even a more impactful way of communicating with your customers or clients, even fellow workmates. This is why design thinking has moved from not being practiced in product design, but it also can just be developed for anything you do or anything you're working on. So no, you don't have to be a designer to practice design thinking. If you market a product or service, run your own business or work in banking or whatever, you can bet the design thinking is for you. Any career that deals with humans means design thinking can be leveraged. Um, This is the reason why CEOs everywhere are scrambling to integrate design thinking into their companies, and we definitely have seen this. Absolutely. I think like some of the latest studies are it's in the top 10 priority areas of CEOs today. I forget where I've found that study, but I'll find it and put it in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a long show notes. (laughs) but But it really is up there with what they're thinking about. Yeah. And um, and the last sentence is probably the most comprehensive. To integrate the needs of people, the possibilities of technology and the requirements for business success, this means that design thinking helps you to come up with solutions that really meet people's needs, that employ what technology has to offer and can be achieved feasibly and viably. And that is realistic in your budget. Well, it sounds like no mean feat, but it is achievable. (laughs) So I think, I mean, in a nutshell, you could probably say, and we can all agree, design thinking is all about designing solutions with people or humans in mind. So designing for people. And why is this so important? Because it kind of sounds like a no-brainer, right? But honestly, to remain competitive today, to literally just be in the game, you have to put your customers, your users or your people first. It's honestly what people are demanding and ignoring this fact is just only going to do your your career or your business a disservice. So this is exactly what makes design thinking so different and why it's being adopted by businesses and companies all over the world right now. Um, The overall design thinking process itself is really iterative and it's also highly empathetic. 
So when you employ design thinking, you don't simply immerse yourself into your target human's world, be it your customers, your employees or your clients or whatnot, just to identify their needs and what the problem is you're trying to solve. You also actively include them in every step of the process. And that's really what makes design thinking different. So this includes the research phase where you begin to observe and understand people to understand their needs and define what the problem it is you want to solve. Because let's face it, you can think this is a problem, but until you're actually interacting with your target and your Mm -hmm. people, maybe it's actually a different problem. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, a more urgent need to fulfill. Mm -hmm. Then there's the ideation phase where you ideate, you start prototyping and testing directly with your target people. Mm -hmm. So it's really involving them in every step of the way. So essentially the humans that you are designing for, they actually have a huge hand at solving the problem with you. So you're actually coming up with an innovative solution together. It's hugely collaborative. And I think this this can scare people who are really used to doing things a certain way, but it's amazing the results you get when you do this and the different rabbit holes of ideation that you can get to. And the cool thing is, and the beauty of this whole process, is that it keeps your solution design in check. I mean, how many times have you come up with an awesome idea for something and you think in your gut, oh, it's going to work, it's going to be successful. But then when you launch it, for some reason, it just doesn't resonate with who you're targeting and it's a bit of a flop. Mm -hmm. So when you include them in the process it means you're actually designing for them and with them. There's a very, very low risk of failure when you do this. Totally. It might seem at first like a lot of work and painstaking to include people in the process, but I guarantee it saves a lot of time money and a headache down the track. Absolutely. And another thing um, that makes design thinking really cool, and it allows you to use it as a shallow or as deeply as necessary for you. So as deep as you want to go or as high level as you'd like to be, you can actually make the tool work for you. It's flexible. Um, And first of all, design thinking is as much as a cultural mindset as it is an actual process. For example, if you approach any problem in an empathetic, collaborative and iterative Iterative. That's a hard word. Iterative, Iterative. <laughs> way. You're working with design thinking principles. So it's honestly not rocket science. It just makes sense. I've got an even cooler thing oh, about yeah. design thinking. <laughs> Iterative. I mean, just building on what you were saying before, you can totally cherry pick the methods that design thinkers use to make your workplace more human-centric and design-oriented because there's a whole raft of hacks, tips, work methods that are actually part of the entire practice of design thinking. That's what I mean. It's a whole course at Stanford University. It's it's a massive uh, topic. It's a massive practice. So um, we can't go through everything today, but we are going to do a masterclass episode in future. But in this episode, we are going to just cover three crazy simple ones that you can implement right now today. Okay. So design thinking hack number one, build on the ideas of others. Some of the most innovative and highly successful solutions have come out of the craziest and most far-fetched ideas, as you know. Ideation and real blue sky brainstorming is at the cornerstone of all design thinking. So one of the golden rules to design thinking is that during the process, the quantity of ideas is hugely important and there's no better way than building and expanding on the ideas of others. So it's actually the quantity that's important, not the quality, really. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So in other words, collaboration is critical. 
One super quick way to promote this within your workplace is next time you're in a meeting or in a working session, instead of replying to a comment or an idea with the words, no, but try and say yes and instead. Yeah. Oh, how many times has that happened in a meeting when you're like, oh, what about this? And someone just poo-poos no. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is all about positivity, uplifting and collaboration. Absolutely. So why does this make a difference? You wonder. It actually makes a huge difference. When you say no and you shut down a potential rabbit hole of ideation um, that a train of thought might take you down. But when you say yes, it actually plays a dual role in taking into account and acknowledging someone's idea as worthy, as well as keeping a positive and inclusive spirit within the meeting or within the team. So honestly, try it, even implement it as a rule in your meetings and workshops, and you'll see how well it works. Yes. And (laughs) design thinking hack number two, be visual. So it is just, I mean, I'm so guilty of it because I'm such a words person, but it's really easy to always defer to use written language to express a thought or idea. Um, But getting the hang of communicating an idea visually is actually a lot more effective, crazy enough. Um, So this is a really big design thinking principle is to be visual. So let's say you're presenting an idea in a meeting. Um, and by actually drawing what you're describing, like as a picture, literally drawing, rather than writing it down, you're actually engaging a completely different part of your brain, which can stimulate and open up alternative thinking patterns. And so the audience um, understanding what you were presenting, it's naturally people's eyes are more geared to a visual picture than words. Mm -hmm. So it's also about engaging your audience as well. So visualizing an idea or a concept really stimulates this kind of blue sky thinking that we were talking about. So this technique works not only really, really well in a brainstorming workshop, but you can even put it to practice in any type of document you produce. So recently I went to this design thinking hacking jam, this event, um, and this really corporate executive, surprisingly, she showed how within her team they started changing a standard Word document kind of, yeah, documentation. Mm -hmm. They started um, actually designing it as a newspaper report or a newspaper broadsheet. Mm -hmm. And it was really creative and I was really surprised because I thought, okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's from the corporate world, which, you know, it's a bit hard to always shake things up. But, Mm -hmm. no, they really did it and people really dug it because it was visual and it was engaging and it was creative. Mm -hmm. So I think the advice here is to get creative Mm -hmm. no matter who your audience is, whether you're talking to a corporate guy or some agency hotshot. Mm A bit of visualisation really does go a long way. And honestly, please don't worry if you're not Picasso or, you know, some other artist. Insert artist name here. have no idea. (laughs) Um, Even stick figures will do the trick. I've... I, trust me, I my drawing skills are terrible, but they really do work. So and colors too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the use of use of different colors. So, I mean, like black is cool, but maybe black with a little bit of red or a little bit of orange, or just to highlight, just to kind of make the picture come to Very life. You, nice. you might you not you might not be like a a great drawer like us, but you know, just a little bit of highlight to kind of bring it to life is going to do oh, it justice. Love that. Yeah. Like- so. Design thinking hack number three. So use a time timer for any meeting or working session. So while this is more of a productivity tip, this is used by most design thinking practitioners to keep workshops and any type of meeting on track. 
So using a time timer, which actually Google time timer, there's actually a product called mm-hmm. time timer, or you can use it on your phone. Um, your phone's got a, a stopwatch. So make sure you keep the time mm-hmm. implement somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time timer app. So you can yeah. Yeah, download that on your phone. Or Pomodoro or also is an app too. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. So using a time timer app explicitly allows you to set a block of time for a meeting and an alarm sound, which um, as you approach the deadline. So you're probably thinking, how human centric is this? But just think about it. People's time is worthy. And let's face it, time is a massive scarcity for all of us and it's a major resource. So time is a resource Mm -hmm. and we need to respect that. So going over time in meetings is almost disrespect to the work of people in attendance. And um, the time timer ensures respect for everyone and keeps you focused. And the best part is it increases efficiency. So do it. (laughs) Sounds good. I actually have to say with the time timer, I really like the physical timer more than the app, but Mm -hmm. that's just me because somehow a little bit more bolder and you tend to kind of like be aware of it more Mm -hmm. it literally looks like an old school analog clock Mm -hmm. um so you can get that or you can just get the app but i prefer the physical product personally (laughs) that's just me anywho um so these are three really simple design thinking hacks that you can start with right now. But like I said before, we've really only scratched the surface of design thinking because it's a huge topic area. So we will make sure we include links in the show notes and plus on Instagram, we'll go through a bit more into the design thinking process. And of course, um, we'll go through even more details in our Grow Getters Growth Hacks email newsletter too. So don't worry, we've got you covered Mm -hmm. across any channel. (laughs) So to round up this week's episode on design thinking, here's a great quote from the godfather of design thinking, David M. Kelly. He says, or he said, the main tenet of design thinking is empathy for the people you're trying to design for. Leadership is exactly the same thing, building empathy for the people that you're entrusted to help. And I think it's a really nice quote because empathy really is at the core of design thinking. Awesome. Yeah, great quote. So thanks so much for listening. We'd love if you can subscribe, rate and review us so we can get boosted in the charts. And we'll continue to cover the latest tips, knowledge and hacks every Wednesday to help you get growing. Great. See you next week. Bye. Bye.